we always look for answers and explanations for everything going on in our lives to the best of our ability. And when we don't have a concrete reason why, the easiest thing to do is point blame at yourself because you're part of it and you know you are. So I think that's exactly what I did in that situation. Welcome to the School Behaviour Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Corrigan. My co-host is Emma Shackleton, and we're obsessed with helping teachers, school leaders, parents, and of course, students when classroom behaviour gets in the way of success. We're going to share the tried and tested secrets to classroom management, behavioural special needs, whole school strategy, and more, all with the aim of helping your students reach their true potential. Plus, we'll be letting you eavesdrop on our conversations with thought leaders from a around the world so you'll get to hear the latest evidence-based strategies before anyone else this is the school behavior secrets podcast hi there my name's simon corrigan and welcome to episode 40 of school behavior secrets out of the two potential boyfriends you've introduced to your mum we'd be the one she doesn't want you to date i'm here as ever with my co-host emma shackleton hi emma hi simon emma i've got a question for you who do you go to if you've got a problem or need to talk something over? And I guess it really depends what the issue is. I'm lucky to have a good network of people around me. So I would choose who to talk to depending on the problem that needed solving. Sometimes I'd even talk to a couple of different people to get their perspectives on things as well, especially if there's a decision to be made. My husband is really grounded and he's also editing this podcast, so I feel like I do have to mention him. Having that network of people around you who you trust to support you and not judge you is really important and it's actually a protective factor for all sorts of problems in life. But sometimes children, especially teenagers, have a problem and they don't feel like they can go to adults for help and then they just sink. And that's the subject of today's interview. Yeah. In today's interview, I talked to Bradley Davis, who works supporting children with mental health and issues around emotional well-being. He experienced severe bullying as a young teenager, but didn't feel like he could go to the adults to get the support he needed, which is very common. Today, we talk about his experiences and what he's learned from them and how he's using that knowledge to support children who are experiencing bullying and emotional challenges in schools today. There are some great insights in this interview about how we, as adults in school, can make ourselves approachable so kids feel able to come to us and trust us when they really need us, and the sorts of things we need to tell them so they don't feel responsible when they become victims of bullying. This is a really important issue, but before we start that interview, I've got a quick request to make. Please, could you forward this episode of the podcast to three colleagues or friends who you think would benefit to help share this information to make lives better in their classrooms and their schools? All you need to do is tap the share button in your podcast app. It's like sharing a post on Facebook. It's super easy and it only takes 10 seconds. And now here's Simon's interview with Bradley Davis. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Bradley Davis, to the show. Bradley is a 28-year-old entrepreneur and mental health advocate who experienced a range of traumatic experiences in his early life. He's now dedicated to using his life experience and love for helping kids to normalise conversations about mental health and mental illness throughout our everyday lives, while also trying to help those struggling with these issues not feel so alone. He's also the host of his own podcast called A Grown Man's Diary, where he shares his personal experiences as well as interviews with other everyday people 
on their experiences managing their own mental health issues. And he's also the founder and CEO of the Be Kind Company that aims to help children manage their emotions and be successful in schools. Bradley, welcome to the show. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Bradley, can you start by telling us about your early experiences in middle school that's going to form the focus of this interview? Yeah, absolutely. So though it was a a little while ago when I was in middle school, like you said, I was very badly bullied physically, primarily in seventh grade. I was beat up every day for months on end. I was thrown into lockers. I was punched, kicked, thrown downstairs. It was pretty brutal. And so, of course, that was the physical aspect of it. But along with any physical torment or bullying comes the emotional toll as well. So it really you know, middle school is a very fragile time to begin with. And it really led to me questioning my worth and really started my battle with mental health and depression and anxiety. How did this affect the way you felt about going to school? I would say to sum it up, it was terrifying. I knew pretty much after experiencing this type of torment and physical assault every day, I started to know what to expect. And just like anybody would, you want to avoid those types of situations. So I was scared to go to school and in so doing to avoid having to go, you know, I would act out. I would be a disturbing force in the classroom. I would fight with my parents every morning. I was just very, some would call it rebellious. If you don't know kind of what's going on, just kind of looking at my behavior but it really was a self-preservation in a way of trying to do anything in my power to avoid being sent to school. It sucked. It really did. It was scary. To the adults in the classroom who didn't dig down into this problem, to them, it might have looked like you were the problem rather than what was going on in the background. Absolutely. And again, I think that speaks to what I just mentioned about like the rebellious, you know, outsider looking in kind of thing. That's one thing that I think a lot of kids struggle with is actually talking to adults about what's going on kind of behind the scenes, behind the curtain in the children only area. Because for the longest time, nobody knew what was going on. I figured I would just, you know, put my head down and this too shall pass kind of thing. And it never really did until, again, I was in seventh grade and there was an eighth grader that was the older brother of a friend of mine who kind of stepped up and the big, strong eighth grader, he put an end to it uh, eventually by being physical himself to my bully, which I appreciate at the time. You know, it's never great to meet violence with violence, but in this particular situation, that that's what it took to bring an end to everything. But yeah, it was hard to talk about. And for the longest time, I didn't tell any adults. It wasn't anything that anybody could actually respond to. This is a situation that many kids find themselves in. Especially as you reach early teenage years, you're looking at more independence, you become much more sensitive to the way you're perceived by other people. So what held you back from talking to the adults rather than getting support from the other kids? So you're absolutely spot on in terms of, you know, the older you get within a reason, the, the more you care about others point of view, especially your peers. And for me, I was worried that by me going to an adult, going to a teacher in this specific example, it was going to make matters worse. Because you know, once you go to the adult, they then go and find the accused kid. And that kid now knows you tattled on them, and they could make things worse for you potentially. And that's really what it comes down to is the fear and the risk of making things worse when usually, you know, going to an authority figure for help should make things better. It doesn't always end up that way. 
A lot of the times it does. Again, this was back in the early 2000s. We're now in a world where I think things are getting much better in terms of bullying. It's much more of a conversation, which is fantastic. But at the time, you know, guys were told to toughen up and it was definitely a much less supportive environment in terms of bullying and combating bullying from the victim standpoint. Did you later ever confide in any of the adults, either your parents or the teachers at school? I brought it up eventually with one of the counselors in school because I got to a point of basically just breaking. I just couldn't handle the pressure of going to school every day, knowing what was coming my way, walking down the hallways and being scared of, you know, taking a right hand turn and the person being right in front of me kind of thing. I was walking on eggshells all day, every day and enough was enough. So yeah, I, I basically broke down. I got very depressed. I was in seventh grade and I was thinking about suicide because I was like, there's no way out of this to the point where the counselors were actually very concerned for my well-being. And over a few sessions after the counselor gained my trust, because again, it took a while to confide in an adult, I revealed what was going on and things definitely turned around as you would expect. But yeah, it took a while because I just had a very difficult time finding the confidence and the strength to, to go to somebody for help. What sort of things did the counselor do to build your trust, to help you get over this barrier? I think to the best of my knowledge and throughout my experience of talking to professional counselors and therapists in my adult life and, and, and since is it just taking the time and not necessarily poking and prodding at the information that they're necessarily trying to get out of right away, but really just forming a relationship with the child. You know, getting to know them, all the ins and outs, you know, background, their family, what they like to do and so forth. And over time, what happens is, you know, that trust, excuse me, is just naturally created. And that creates space for the individual, the child in this case, to start slowly opening up at their own pace. You, you can't force them. You can't rush them. You really have to be handholding and patient and letting the kid kind of come to you uh, within reason. I'd just like to take a pause for a moment and say that if you're finding this podcast useful, then you're going to love what we've got waiting for you in our Inner Circle program. The Inner Circle is your one-stop shop for all things behavior. It's a comprehensive platform filled with videos, resources, and behavior inspiration to get you unstuck with classroom behavior. We've got training resources on de-escalation, supporting kids with anxiety, support strategies for conditions like autism, ADHD, and PD practical ways of helping pupils deal with strong emotions, assertive behavior management techniques for managing the whole class, setting out your classroom environment for success, resetting behavior with tricky classes, and more. Our online videos walk you through practical solutions step by step. Just like Netflix, you can turn an Inner Circle subscription on or off whenever you need to with no minimum contract. Plus, you can now get your first seven days of Inner Circle for just one pound. Get the behavior answers you've been looking for today with Inner Circle. Visit beaconschoolsupport.co.uk and click on the Inner Circle picture near the top of the homepage for more information. How did that experience affect the way you formed relationships with your peers sort of moving on from that? Did it have a long term impact? You know, I would say that it made me closer with certain people because it made me realize that, you know, you can't get through life alone. So it definitely made me closer to certain friends that I knew I could trust. 
However, on the other hand, it also made me wary of trusting other people that I didn't already have a relationship with. Like this bully, he kind of came out of nowhere. And in all honesty, still to this day, and trust me, I've put a lot of thought into this, trying to figure it out of how this all started in the first place and how it got to being so extreme as it ended up being. And I really can't. And because of that, I had to kind of put some walls around me and really try to protect myself in in terms of the the types of relationships that I was building and who I would kind of let in. It sounds a bit like because this other person was doing something to you, you felt that there was some level of blame at your end, like you maybe have done something or did something a certain way that made you think, had attracted this attention, when in reality, it was more probably without having met them more about issues that the bully was going through themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that speaks to the fact that I don't know how this all started in the first place, regardless of how much time and attention I put on to this situation of trying to figure it all out, because I really just wanted to know. I would love to know, but it might be trapped somewhere in my memory. But in all honesty, uh, yeah, it definitely had an impact with the feeling that it came out of nowhere. I couldn't help but blame myself partially being like, okay, well, I clearly must have done something because people don't just act out this way to strangers and beat them up every day and, you know, torment them and and humiliate them and so on and so forth. So I absolutely blame myself and um, I don't anymore, but uh, at the time I definitely did. And I wish I knew why, but I think it's just because I don't have answers. We always look for answers and explanations for everything going on in our lives to the best of our ability. And when we don't have a concrete reason why, it's usually the easiest thing to do is point blame at yourself because you're part of it and you know you are. So I think that's exactly what I did in that situation. Looking back, what would have made the biggest difference to you, both in terms of managing the immediate situation and your longer term emotional well-being in terms of what the adults could have done more proactively to support you? Again, you know, I I took a very long time to actually tell adults. So, you know, there's certainly no blame to go around with any of the teachers. I've been very fortunate throughout my academic career to be surrounded by very loving, caring, supportive teachers. With that said, I think You know, from a teacher's perspective or an adult's perspective, I think what's super important when speaking to a child that has come to them in confidence and said, hey, I'm being bullied, this is going on, I'm being tormented, is first off letting the child know that they're not to blame, regardless of what might be going on, it's not their fault. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to everything in the sense of, you know, maybe it's a two-way street and so forth. But generally speaking, letting the kid know, like, it's not your fault, and then going into letting them know that usually when bullies act out and actually start bullying people, it's because they are going through something themselves and they're just projecting and taking their insecurities or their troubles at home or whatever it might be out on you. And a lot of times it's for no real particular reason. You know, maybe they don't get along with their cousin and you remind them of their cousin. So that's why you were selected. You know, it can be something as simple and rudimentary as that. I think what's super important when working with kids or speaking with kids that are going through anything like this is just to remind them that, you know, it's not your fault. And there's much bigger things at play that are causing this to actually happen than anything that you could have done. 
it sounds like if someone had given you that message when you were younger, it would have saved you a lot of self-blaming and soul-searching moving on into your teens. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have taught me earlier on in life a valuable lesson to apply down the road to both my personal, professional, and romantic relationships in multiple capacities. Because every relationship within one way or another is a two-way street. But knowing that there are a lot of things out of your control and people are who they are, and they're going to act out at certain times, maybe at you, but having nothing to do with you is an important lesson for all of us to know and to learn at some point or another. So the earlier you can learn something like that, the better, I'd say. You can't control everything in life. And sometimes you just get unlucky. That's true. Absolutely. And it's how you deal with that. And now you have those protective behaviors that you've built up over time, isn't it, that help you deal with that and cope with those situations. What do you think the best schools do well to support children affected by bullying? I think the most important thing to do is just really let them be heard. I think what's super important with the education system and the direction it needs to go is the importance of emphasizing emotional intelligence, mental health and support, as well as physical well-being. So that's nutrition, as well as physical fitness and exercise. You know, all those aspects of every individual are critical tools that every student can use to build their own self-worth and self-love and self-confidence, which only then snowballs into being happier, healthier, kinder individuals that would really just create a ripple effect throughout the individual school. And I think you make an interesting point there because earlier you said that your behavior suddenly changed when you were being affected by the bullying and the bullying came and found you and started this physical violence against you. And often when there's a sudden change in children's behavior, that indicates that something external happened, there's a problem at home or maybe bullying has started. And that could be a trigger point for schools to start using these. I know it's important for them to be used more generally, but actually that could be a trigger point for a teacher to say, there's something different going on here. This child needs some help and we need to start probing more deeply. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that really speaks to the importance of all adults that interact with children on a consistent and regular basis. So whether it be a coach, a school administrator, a parent, or a teacher to really be aware and mindful of how their kids, you know, act on a good day and kind of what their baseline is from a personality standpoint. And therefore we'll be able to judge if a individual starts deviating from that baseline. If they are usually a very happy, energetic, outgoing young man. And then suddenly they're removed from the class. They don't want to talk to people. They have a shorter fuse and they're more prone to outbursts, I think would be a very critical measuring tool for every adult that works with kids. If you're a teacher or a parent and a child comes to them and says they're being bullied, what do you feel is the best way we should react as an adult? What sort of things should we be saying and doing to support the child in that moment of disclosure? I would really emphasize the importance of letting the kid know that they are not to blame and just be open to hearing them out. Let them kind of tell you their side of the story, um, what they think the root of the problem may or may not be. And just always be there to lend a supportive ear and a, you know, a few words of encouragement. Let them know that, you know, again, this isn't your fault. And at the end of the day, the kid that's bullying them, the bully in this sense, is really hurting in their own way. And so, again, instilling emotional intelligence and empathy in the kid that actually comes to you saying, hey, I'm being bullied 
can really actually help diffuse the situation because if they then go to that bully and be like, look, I feel like you're hurting. I feel like something's going on with you. That right then and there could diffuse the situation potentially. Because again, you know, the bully is likely crying out for help in their own way. And so if they're met with love and comfort and concern, whether it be from a peer or from another adult, I think could really make a huge difference. If you could go back through time and talk to your earlier self, what message would you give that earlier year? He was going through all that strife and all those difficulties. I would have to say two things. I think one, the importance of, I would have to tell myself it's not my fault. And so don't spend too much time trying to figure out the why behind it, as well as, you know, understanding that all of this stuff going on right now is just a blip on the radar. And I know it feels as though it's never going to end and it's going to last forever. Um, that's not at all the case. And life will get better and it, it always does get better. And, and just to kind of keep your head up and, and keep going and do everything you can to help people and not potentially even pass off the book of bullying to somebody else. You know, don't walk around angry and confused and upset because of something that's happened to you, but rather end the cycle by just being nice to everybody that you encounter. Bradley, we mentioned earlier that you're the founder and CEO of the Be Kind Company, and you help kids going through these issues like bullying and mental health issues. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you support those kids? So the Be Kind Company, I like to think of it as a life enrichment company. So we focus on three main pillars of the human experience, which are mental health, emotional intelligence, and physical well-being. What we do is we provide support services and coaching that focuses on all three of those categories for students K through 12 to really provide them the proper tools and resources necessary to become the happiest, healthiest versions of themselves. So if your child came to us and they want to lose weight, we have personal training and nutrition courses and and services for them. But then again, if a kid comes to us and wants to just kind of work on their confidence, we can help them in that sense as well. So we're really looking to try to be a one-stop shop for all things that kids will need in terms of acquiring individual skills necessary to take on life and be ready for whatever life throws at them. Because as great as the school systems may be, they don't teach you the necessary life skills required to find yourself and love yourself and be the best version of yourself. So that's what we're aiming to do at the Be Kind Company. How can our listeners find out more about your work and your podcast, A Grown Man's Diary? Yeah, so A Grown Man's Diary is available on any platform where you listen to your podcasts. I will provide you the link for all that so you can drop that below, as well as the Be Kind Company. It's the BeKindCo.com. It's a unique spelling. Be Kind is actually one word. It's B-K-Y-N-D. And again, I will provide the links. Your viewers can check out our website and see all the fun stuff we got going on. Brilliant. I'll make sure those are dropped in the episode description so our readers can click through easily. And finally, Bradley, we ask this of all our guests, who is the key figure that's influenced you or what's the key book that you've read that's had the biggest impact on your approach to working with kids? I would have to say my mother. Reason being is she has been a teacher for over 25 years. I definitely have inherited her love for children and, you know, her overwhelming sense of love and compassion and empathy for both my brother and I, as well as every child that she teaches. 
is just infectious. And it's really very early on in life, it, it showed me the impact a good teacher and a good supportive adult can have on a child's life. And how, you know, a good adult, a caring, empathetic adult can really completely change the trajectory of a child's life. And so I think I now see it as my responsibility to continue taking care of the next generation and doing everything I can to pass off all the lessons that I've learned throughout my time growing up and hopefully help some kids down the road avoid mistakes that I made and also make sure that they don't go through the painstaking journey of self-discovery like I did because nobody was helping me figure out a lot of what I now know, all the practices that I now implement. And that's exactly why I started the Be Kind Company, to take all that I've learned throughout my life and put into a very clear cut and easy and accessible and affordable means for kids around the world. Bradley, thank you for being on the School Behavior Secrets podcast. Yes, thank you, Simon, for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, powerful stuff and some strategies and ideas that we can all take away to support the pupils in our schools. And if you want to know more about Bradley's podcast or the services of his company, the Be Kind Company, you'll find direct links in the episode description. And if you want to have a whole school impact on how adults make relationships and support kids with their emotions without breaking your school's training budget, did you know that you can get our Inner Circle for Schools program for only $23.99 per month? That means you get unlimited access to all of our Inner Circle materials for all of your staff on subjects like de-escalation, anxiety, classroom management and much more. And that's just $23.99 per month per school. We often say that behaviour management is a skill, not a topic you learn overnight. And I believe what Inner Circle does is it gives you training that's affordable so you can benefit from the drip, drip, drip approach month after month with your staff. So People could learn and increase their skills over time rather than struggling to remember an information dump delivered during a traditional one-hour training session. If that sounds good to you, head over to our website, beaconschoolsupport.co.uk, click the Buy Now button to see all of our products and click on the Inner Circle for Schools option. We'll also put a link in the show notes. Next week, we're going to be asking the question, does mindfulness really help kids manage their emotions? And to find out, we're digging into the research and the evidence to discover the answers. If you don't want to miss this, open your podcast app now and press the subscribe button or the follow button, as it's called in Apple Podcasts, and that will tell your app to automatically download every single episode so you don't miss a thing. Is that it? Nothing silly to say about squirrels or rain clouds or pigeons? Nope, that's it. Or you could train a swarm of bees to sense the vibrations in the internet when the new episode is released through their tiny antenna and then waggle dance the subtitles in British Sign Language, which they extracted from the metadata that accompanies the MP3. One involves pressing a button on your app. The other involves a lot of bee wrangling. Do what works for you. Okay, thanks for listening today. We hope you have a brilliant week and we'll see you next time on School Behaviour Secrets. Bye-bye. Bye.